Oh, just a normal regular, normal compressor. Yeah. Just uh, just a hot. I've got two. You've seen them, two side by side. Yeah, right. You've probably seen yeah. it. Yeah. When we did, you would have seen it, but it would have been a long time ago. Just two sh cheap, shitty ones. Actually, we're live, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Wow, to that's a good start to a podcast, isn't podcast. it? Podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. We just trail in from our little conversation that we're having on our own. That's all right. Don't worry about it. Um, we'll get there. We'll get there. No Merc tonight. No, Merc's not feeling good, which is not good. Uh, Brad and Anthony, here we go. We've got a few guys coming on board, which is good. See? Fuck, it's been a while for me. Feels like a lifetime ago. I mean, look at me fucking hair for a start. I have fucking COVID hair. How'd you get that shit going on? Is that is that? Have you had a cut? Did you no, get right no, no. no, I've just been. Uh, funnily enough, I said to Ray the last time I had my hair cut, I had another number one fade, so I was virtually shaved, and then it was about I don't know, fifteen mil on top. Now yeah. I could almost put it into a little ponytail, but I'm not going to. This is what I looked like when I was. Trendy fucking sixteen-year-old. This is me hair today. <laughs> I'm um I'm a bit spewy. They've moved Blade Show West to Long Beach, California. Um, so I thought that's a bit sucky because we can't get there. Because yeah. I reckon that'll be a fucking awesome venue compared to Port Portland. I mean, it's not like I've got anything against Portland. I have everything against Portland. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The only they, thing that they I made, had going for they it. made a show. They made a show about how boring Portland was. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what Goonies? No, no that was. That no, was no I think it was. I think it was actually called Portland. <laughs> <laughs> Portland. Yeah. No. So that that'll be cool. Good luck to all the Americans out there going to that show. And and sad we can't make it, but that's the way it is still. Yeah, uh, I don't think for much longer though. By the sound of things, we're about to open up. Uh, come hell or high water in New South Wales. Yes. I don't know what's going on with the ACT, but we're just stuck bang, smack fucking bang in the middle of all this stuff. So it's bloody. So there we go. We're apparently yeah. opening up on the 15th, but it's it's kind of bizarre. I can't bizarre. see. I can't see them keeping it shut, but we'll talk about something else. We're yeah. going to move on. Yeah. So here we are, knife uh, laying down, Anna. Uh, what's been happening in your life, Kev? What's, where have you been for the last few weeks? Oh mate, I'm in Crook, um, dealing with some, dealing just with some stuff. Um, still dealing with some stuff, but I'm feeling better. But I'm not better, if that makes sense. I'm feeling good, good enough to be here tonight. Looking forward to being here tonight. Um, but I've just got a few things I'm just looking at, and unfortunately, lockdowns and stuff. Although we're not really talking about them, they throw a fucking spanner in the works when you want to actually go and see a fucking doctor when you're Crook. Um, and try and organise to get shit done. I've, I've got fucking months to wait before I can get to see people that I need to see and I'm just dealing with it as I deal with it. So I haven't had a lot of workshop time. I just haven't had the energy or anything. I haven't been able to get up there for long periods of time. Um, when I have, though, I've enjoyed it because I've been just putting myself under less pressure um, and I'm working on a series of what I class anyway, some really nice fucking W2 chef knives and I'm just pushing that extra level in doing them and I'm just taking my time. So, you know, getting a, just if I get a few hours of workshop time at the moment, I'm happy, done, come back down. 
Uh, James is asking, no Turkish delight. No, nah, mate, Mert's actually, Mert's taken, we did a, we did a um, tag team. Mert's out crook tonight and I'm, I'm in, which is good. Well, good that I'm in, bad that Mert's out. Stephen Pratt says, was I dreaming or have you got a depot in Perth? Yeah, mate, it's not quite Perth down in Mandura. Mandura. Mandura? I don't know how to Mandura. say it, but you guys will figure Mandura. that shit out. Singleton, I think, is down there. Anyway, down that way, that direction. Um, and, yes, you can contact them through Facebook or just on the phone numbers on the website and uh, organise pickups, and there's a fair bit of stock over there. It's not enormous, but it's enough for, enough for you to – have something you need, I'm sure. So, yeah. Um, what else is news for me? I've been making a knife. I'm on to my second mm. one for the year. Um, it's kind of stalled. Uh, I just got a tapping machine, so naturally it's going to be held together by screws, 23 of the little fuckers. <laughs> M1.4 mostly, which is um, <laughs> which is small. And uh, yeah, right. I'm... I'm working off a design that, that hasn't been made in over 100 years, uh, a patented barrel knife patent, um, which is it's fairly exciting for me. I've got it to the point where it sort of looks like it might work. Um, and then my wife made me paint a whole bunch of furniture and then she made me put some wiring in the roof. Then I fell through the roof and now she's making me fix the hole. And, <laughs> um, it's just going on and on, but I'll get back to it. I'll get back to it. Time will. Just give Time me a second. Go. I'm just just sorting out the hotspot because uh, I forgot to do that before, so I might drop out for a second. That's all right. So yeah, so I've been um, been making this little knife, and I I think the biggest mistake I made was I, I went to make it a small version, which means everything's even M1.4 screws too big. So actually, a couple of them are M1, um, just so I could get so what's the whole that, thing uh, like. Size one, I've got one size 172. Yeah, well, a 172 compared to a, so a 080 is the next size down from 172, and that's basically 1.4 mil. I'm wow. working, okay. I'm working it, and the smallest ones I've got in it are one mil, so they're they're sort of nearly 30 percent smaller again. Yeah, right, that's madness because from the thumb injuries that I've had. I struggle now just even picking those fucking little suckers up. All right, once get the screwdriver on them, but man, my uh, my desire to do bloody um... well while you're rehooking up, it's like everything in my shop. Um, I'm using um, a modified pair of surgical tweezers to move and manipulate the screws because they're pain in the bum. Um. And here we go, David Winch. Good on you. And that, was me, that was me just dropping out, getting me uh, Wi-Fi sorted out. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> not, that, not that I was ever fucking uh, good at what we do here on our podcast, but I am a little rusty. It seems like months. Probably has been. Uh, so the other thing yeah. that I've been doing, and, I, and Corin found out today because he gave me a quick call and I was in the middle of sort of a minor meltdown, was... Um, Finally, I've had this for a while now, but I finally set up the Cowboy CB3200 sewing machine because it was a real shit day here in Canberra. It was fucking wet and cold and windy and thunderstorm, so perfect day to do stuff inside. And I've been 
grabbing old scraps and old cutouts and stuff and you know they look a bit shit at the moment but uh practicing the stitching with my new sewing machine and i can see i'm actually probably going to enjoy making sheets now yeah the novelty will wear off but you know at least <laughs> everything you'll be sewing everything from now on it'll be like the, that first like two it. weeks of having the first two weeks of having a thread tapping machine, everything in the shop gets tapped, <laughs> and yeah. and it's you get a you get a cowboy sewing machine before you know it, you're sewing bondage gear just to be sewing something. Fuck yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. I'm sure I'm you like, have. I'm, yeah, <laughs> 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 I was going to say, of course I have. <laughs> uh, the the scrap bin of um, oh, yeah. like that's that's three three probably like 3.2 so eight nine ounce and yeah. once i got the thing fucking dialed in it just went through that like fucking butter uh there was my first attempt which was just you know working on just yours is so out. neat are you using an edge roller no this was just manual and i was just using the guiding with the foot but i'll probably end up using i got the edge roller i'll use the edge roller and i'll probably change to a single sided foot work out which side's the best to use because then you can stitch closer to the yeah yeah now you out. get the left sided foot so it's it goes on the yeah. left hand side of the needle I'm that's looking it. at mine <laughs> uh, yeah. that's what I yeah left I was about to look at it left hand side um, yeah. but you know I I bought um, a couple of spools of thread last time you guys uh, Gamico had the sale on that shit and I'm I'm glad because I reckon I'm going to go through probably about 450 yards of cotton in the next couple of days just getting me stitching done. The pressure, you know, that left foot for anyone that's interested in um, hearing about the cowboy machine and stuff, um, getting the pressure tension so you don't get those ugly footprints is probably one of the key things. And I actually did, my, I lightened the pressure on mine to the point where it actually the tension had popped out, uh, which was kind of scary because it's like pointed out and point about two feet above the machine. Um, not done that yet. Uh, there's a couple of still some light marks on here, but I reckon I've got a technique planned for when I do the stamping on the sheet to just accommodate that single foot on the machine. So I think it'll actually work out all right. But the biggest test and the thing that made me happiest about it was uh, when I said Corin rang me and I had a meltdown, was I, I turned it on and it was set to run it. I don't know, like the motor was running it. 3400 rpm or something which was killer fast and so i then switched it back to the slowest speed which is probably still too fast for me and then put the pedal down and nothing happened like the the machine was running but the stitching wasn't going on um, ended up there was just a piece of foreign material excess stitch or something stuck in the spool um and i was like oh, fuck, finally got it out which you know had one of those Fuck, I've just spent shitloads of money. I haven't even laid one stitch down. It doesn't fucking work. <laughs> but I had my wife with me and she kept me calm and we worked through it. Problem solved. We got it done. Brad Brad Stone yeah. that's, says that's why his missus does cowboys. <laughs> um, Doug Glass says, how did I find that, end up, finish up in a bunch of blokes talking about sewing machines? Well, Doug uh, it's a leather It's a leather stitcher. Or it's a bondage gear maker. Industrial sewing machine or a little bloody whipper paddle pad. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone Whatever wants turns one, you on. Um, yeah, anyone wants one, 
contact me and in complete confidence I'll sort you out. No, don't be shy. <laughs> a sheath or a cowboy? Paddle, a paddle. A oh, whip, a paddle. Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh, mind. I'm not shy. Bar, whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> Man, I've heard some stories. You've been there when we're talking about some of the people in knife making and, and the guys in leather that get approached. Man, it's oh, funny yeah. shit. We were down in Adelaide one year and someone was talking about making piggy faces. Do you, were you there that year? Probably. Oh, <laughs> if it was in the was bar, funny. I was too drunk to remember. <laughs> I had I, I never even knew such things existed. But Brad Stone's commissioning a pair of arseless chaps. Now, so Brad, there you go. what I was told, and they're pronounced chaps, not chaps, but I was told in a conversation over in the US, which somehow got on, must have been with the Texans, and we're talking about arseless chaps, and they turned around and went, all chaps are assless. <laughs> oh, okay. Good to know. So yeah. just ask for a, just ask for a set of chaps. Not uh, that they need to specify that they're assless, but <laughs> there, there you go. You guys can take that offline and do a deal there. <laughs> That's all right. Dean, how are you going? So hello everybody. We started. Um, and David Heron loves his cowboys. Good on you, Dave. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so um. It's a happy place. Uh, the old workshops never look better at my place. I've been beavering away, fixing stuff. You know, every time I pick up a tool, I've been, I've got this this thing now at the moment that every time I pick up a tool and I look at it and think I haven't, I've been meaning to do something about that for ages, you know, like it's, no, it needs to be reground or it is, I just do it. And it's, yeah. I'm just feeling like I've accomplished tons yeah. Um, I'm learning how to airbrush, and I've been told that's going to give a, a new, a new dimension to my sheaths. In my whole career, knife making, I've made something like five sheaths, mm. and um, and airbrushing, you know, all that fading, the fading of yeah, yeah. the black edges and all that shit. Apparently, it makes that easy. I, I didn't buy it for that. I, I bought it to touch up some, some. Uh, oh, I don't even want to talk about it, but. I fucked up a paint job, and I and I. <laughs> okay, that's all right. I thought I was getting back into bondage. <laughs> oh no, nah. nah. that's why I bought the chain. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> so um, yeah. Anyway, it's all it's all cracking along anyway, and the um the workshop's looking looking really good. I've got the tapping machine going. The drill press is beautiful. It's just magnificent, and I just keep looking at my other gear and thinking maybe I should start exploring oh, yeah. some of my other gear, but. Yeah. yeah, so you've obviously been talking about that over the last few weeks when I haven't been on about your restorations and stuff because, fuck, you've sent me the photos and I just I just want to do the same thing. I want to go and just hire a bloody kit to do some sandblasting and clean <coughs> all the old stuff off and just crack into making things look 100% because I've got a nice old wall down up in the in the top workshop, which I use quite often. Um, you have through Matt McVicker, but it's just it just looks like a piece of junk. And every time I look yeah. at it, the same thing. I'm like, oh, I want to do something about that. But you, you saw the before and after shots of mine, eh? Yeah, they're good. It looks like it came off the showroom floor. I'm, I'm so. There's not much I'm not fucking stoked about. I blued all the components again, re-blued everything. I yep. cleaned everything perfect. It had six. It had. I think I counted four, four or five layers of paint on it. The original paint. There was a blue layer. There was a yellow layer and a red layer. I don't know why it had so much paint but it had big sags and runs and shit all through it 
and um, I just cleaned it all back, made a huge mess, and and fixed up. Bit of paint yeah. stripper, Bob's your uncle. Well, that um, this feels like said feels like years ago now. That um, um, powered hacksaw that I bought, that's still sitting in the workshop, waiting for a degrease at a minimum. But after I saw your work, I'm thinking it's going to get a degrease, like a complete strip down and a repaint, yeah. and just bring it bring it back to new. I was thinking of doing that with mine, the old Hercus one that I've got, but it's just, it's just so neat the way it is. So I just haven't, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it, I've got to make covers for the guards and the gears and shit because I'm sure one day I'm going to get sucked into it and it, it will not, <laughs> there will be no forgiveness in that machine. There's no, there's no emergency stop button and the gears on it are just huge things. It's totally exposed. It's, it's just waiting to kill me, but I, I do love it. So, um, one day I might do a resto on it, but I doubt it. I've only just done a bit of um, <laughs> bit of work on it. Um, Brad Stone says, "What's a barrel knife sheath look like?" I was going to say like a sock, but but yeah, just if you make you made out of leather, it would look like an uncir an uncircumcised. Um, anyway, <laughs> like this little test piece that I was doing today, and happened to find yeah, that the like pliers that. fit into it nicely. <laughs> nice, you made a belt pouch. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, pocket pouch because I don't I didn't put a loop on it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sorry, um, probably upsetting um, a couple of people like um, Doug. <laughs> didn't want to hear. The other thing I've done was the air system in my shed runs around Ooh. the outside. So when I built the shed with the bank's money, I put in all the plumbing, and I put in an, an airline that runs right around the shed. So I've got all at all points around the shed. I've got compressed air which is really good. And I'm, I've never regretted whatever that cost. I didn't even ask for the price. I just did it. Um, but now I've got a new line that I just put in that runs across the middle of my workshop and picks up the welding bench, the drill bench and my workbench. So I've now got compressed air on those benches. Yeah, right. uh, just as a, I don't know, I had nothing better to do one day. And I had some, it's all done with scrap shit that I've, you've seen my shop. There's a reason they call it Bunnings Picton, right? I've got every air fitting known to man. I just scavenged <laughs> I just scavenged another 30 or 40 push uh, those little push connectors today just out of an old uh, an old bit of gear that was being scrapped. So um yeah it, you know I've basically got it I've got it really I'm really pretty pleased with it actually except that compressed air I use it around the drill presses to clean the swarf and shit away from everything but it, I was thinking about it, it's more like a shit redistributor because it sends <laughs> it from here perfect <laughs> And it just goes everywhere else. <laughs> so I was doing the I same don't... with my I was doing the same with my my mill and my wood drill, which are next to each other. You know, lazy man's cleanup. Going beauty. And then the you look around thing... and go, ah, shit everywhere. The worst thing about the mill, the best thing about the mill is the wood planing attachments for doing your oh. blocks. Yeah, unreal. But the worst thing about the mill is the wood planing attachments because the shit <laughs> fucking goes everywhere. I've cleaned it up. I got the vacuum on it and trying yeah. and and that's and like I was getting, you can't really when you're drilling with lubricant when you're drilling with coolant and stuff the the swarf sticks and the vacuum doesn't work real well. So no, it's not good. I just blow it around, lies on the floor, and then I will vacuum it up. All my feet pick it up. Just <laughs> get it in. Say, getting your thongs. <laughs> well. Yeah, if I'm wearing them. Yeah, I'm pretty anal about vacuuming. You you know that. I'm pretty yeah, pretty no, tired. Look, a couple of times, like I said, not feeling good, just having no energy and stuff. And I watch more fucking Netflix and 
Prime TV and whatever than I fucking ever have in the last month and a half. Um, not that's a bad. Not that it's a bad thing. I've watched some really good fucking shows actually. Okay, but who I've out there? Gone, who <laughs> out there is watching Squid Game? Nah, we're watching uh, uh, fucking what is it? Midnight Mass, and then yeah. my son comes out and goes. We, we just had it on Foxtel, that uh, not Foxtel, um, Netflix, and the thing preview for that Squid Game come up, and my son comes out and goes, "Oh, this is really good, actually." And we're like, "It's oh yeah." <laughs> It's gold, man. It's gold. It's gold. Just finished it, and um, um, and you got to push through a little bit, but yeah. um, but yeah, it's got a great ending. It's it's got to be a season two coming. Um, so the other question though, because it seems like we've segued on to talking about shows and shit. Who listens to it? Who listens to these shows dubbed, and who listens to them in the natural language with subtitles? The second one. I started watching it dubbed and said, no, nah, I can't do it. I, I put the Korean on and read the subtitles. Yeah. See, I'm a, I'm a dubbed person, but you got to look at their eyes. You can't look at their mouth when they're talking. you got to look at their eyes. Yeah. And, and then it sort of goes all right. I don't like the poxy American accents. They just don't work. They should just get people with Korean accents to, um, to read them. I just think it would yeah. probably work better than some guy – with a with a Texan accent or whatever, it just drives me batshit. So yeah, always dubbed this. I, I yeah, um, always <laughs> well, we're subtitles. Watching, we watched one and it was um, ah, I'm so bad with remembering at the moment. It was like biotech or something, and it was like a Dutch movie, a Dutch TV show about genetic engineering and all that sort of stuff, with a bit of mystery and murder and whatever in it. And it's probably one of the best dubbed shows that i've watched except for the asian girl character you just want to fucking throttle her you're like fuck you guys you how fucking stereotype fucking racist can you cunts be by putting that voice on that poor girl everyone else you're like yeah that suits them that suits them and the poor asian girl in this movie just gets slapped with the fucking worst dubbing ever <laughs> it's um what so yeah a bit like the old battle royale yeah it, that's basically it but it's um Oh, it's got a pretty good storyline, and it and the ending of I didn't pick the ending. I, I maybe I can't see into it, but yeah, no spoilers, I'm, no spoilers, no spoilers. But <laughs> no. I didn't see it coming, not at all. So that's um, you know, the last episode sort of thing. Even halfway through the last episode, still didn't know what was going on. Yeah, right. So uh, that's that's probably next on the list. We've we watched a lot of shit, but yeah, yeah. now going back from watching a lot of shit, my break from that was when I was going to go up to the workshop. And I'd just go up and literally get the vacuum cleaner out and fucking clean the workshop, even though it wasn't really dirty, just to be up there and get some, you know, time in. And I jumped down and I, I did some heat treating. I forged a couple of blades and did some heat treating. I think, I think I was up there for like two and a half hours. And I was like, I'm so workshop unfit. It's not funny. I'm, I don't have it at the moment. <laughs> I'm going to get start cracking in and just start forging some blades and stuff because. I look at, you know, hammering for about 20 minutes and I was like, oh, oh, my hands oh, I'm getting a blister. <laughs> oh, I can't hold anything. <laughs> and I was like slapping myself. No, get back up there. Do more time. Did you see? I did a did a forging job the other day. I mate knocked up uh, these. Did I talk about that in the last podcast, the wall hanging pot, plant holder things? They come <laughs> out really nice. Yeah, they nice. clamp on the brickwork and, and hold pots and flowers and things. So. 
Yeah, they can't really the brickwork. Yeah, I put them up in the Australian group, the blacksmithing group. Uh, okay. uh, they clamp on it. Mm. Yeah, people anyway. may or may not have missed me, but I haven't been on Facebook for longer than about five minutes. Every five days or something, I go on and click a few buttons and see what's going on, but not much. <laughs> Instagram, I'll still get on. Can't help myself with Instagram. Um, right. Yeah, no, I saw that comment from Brad. I, I was tempted to go and watch it because going back to TV and this comment about um, how to be a cowboy, which relates to my cowboy sewing machine, arseless chaps and all that sort of chaps. Um, who was it? Might have been Dean. Was it? Might have been Dean Cassie or someone on there was telling me about. Ah, oh, no, it was um, Owen Ward sent me something with a line on there I didn't quite get. And he said, oh, you have to watch, um, uh, what's the fucking, so this is my memory. Um, what's that fucking National Park? Two, no, not Tombstone. Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Yeah. That TV show, Yellowstone. I've got addicted to that pretty quickly too. <laughs> yeah? Is that oh, on Netflix? No, no, yeah, yeah well, I had to stream the first season. And then I bought, actually went and bought this, the second and third season on DVD because I was just fucking hooked. It, it's good. <laughs> it's good. Yellowstone. All right. I'll keep it. Yeah. It's not a nature show or something. No, nah, it's all Kevin Costner's in it. And uh, it's about the ranch life in Montana and, you know, lawless, sort of lawless, modern day lawless West. Yeah. Cow, like cowboy style stuff. And, there's some shit that goes on that's pretty fucking cool. So those bracelets are cool, Corin. I think he's trying to say the brackets I made were cool, but if he likes bracelets and that, I'm, 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 you know, I'm not judging. I'm not I sure. Stitch what up he's some, I can about. stitch up some leather bracelets if you like. <laughs> and uh, apparently we should pirate download Yellowstone. Anyway, let's get on with some interesting knife making down under stuff, Kevin. What's our yeah. to talk about? Well, TV. Yeah, not TV. TV's like yeah, I've done too much TV. So one of the things that I've been doing, like I said, is um, I've been going up and just getting some work done. Had about five five chef knife blades heat treated. Uh, let me tell you about not interesting knife making things. Here's something that anyone that's done a bit of uh, Hamon work on their knives will know what I did wrong. And it was one of those things where I got a little bit anxious, keen, let's say, and etched my blade to get a quick peek at the Hamon. But I was really early on in the process. So there were some really deep fucking scratches. Anyway, progressed further and further. Hand sand this blade. Go back for the final edge, bring it up, go through the polishing process for once on my knives because I like the darker Hamon's. Got this absolutely kick-ass fucking alloy banding I've never seen before. Post a photo on Instagram. Um, inside the clayed area or the non-clayed area, the auto Hamon area. And there's fucking lines in there from when I did the first test edge. From the but there's not scratches, you can see lines in there. Yeah. And this is something ages ago, I think we talked to Keith about and stuff, was getting over keen and looking at it. And I'm just, just kicking myself because I've not seen the alloy banding inside the actual 
softer area of the Hamon. Like it's almost like it's fucking. Um, it's so almost like reach? it's. Uh, try. I've, <laughs> I've gone back. I've gone back to like fucking one eighty grit and gone all the way back up to fifteen hundred, and it's it's yeah. just it's ingrained. It's there. It, and so beginners tip: don't get don't even experience tip. Don't get experienced. Don't get fucking lazy or too keen because uh, I was trying something different. Uh, don't know if I'll be able to replicate it, but I was trying something different. Um, but yeah, like all that work, and if it, it it's just got those little fucking lines on there, and I was like, if it didn't have that, it would just be the most kick-ass piece ever. It's still kick-ass, but it's probably going to be mine, or I might do a, um, I might go to some of the local restaurants and just do a pass around and see if some chefs want to use it, and because I spent a fair bit of time, like it's it's thin, it's got great geometry. It cuts really well. The alloy banding in there is just beautiful. But the rookie error was doing that. And I etched it for too long rather than just a like 20 second or 10 second etch. Obviously, I left it in there too long. And now it's got these shadow things that look like it's not, yeah, it looks like it's not been finished. Um, like it's so that was, got scratches in it. It's something to do yeah. like, I was talking to Kevin Cashin about that. And something to do with point loading on abrasives and the way that it affects the steel that forces that into the steel, like it becomes part of it. I don't know. I don't know yeah. the correct mechanics of it. That's a really good thing. I'd like to know more about why that happens. But you see people put up hum-ons that haven't got scratches in them, but they look like they've got scratches in them, and that's what it is. Yeah, and that's what that's what mine is. Unfortunately, mine's not like an, you know, an even consistent uh sideways or lengthways scratch it comes across on like a 40 oh, degree yeah <laughs> i'm just like ah. yeah, seriously like if it comes up on it like because there are a couple of others that i did etching about the same time if it comes up on them oh, i'm going to be demo because um on my instagram I put up a post been using those ross arnold diamond stones yeah so using those to get out any sort of imperfections i don't know if anyone else notices um taking a W2 taking the Hamon down, particularly on the disc when you're starting to, or for me when I'm starting to um, blend in my convex grinds, I have the backing on it so it's not hard. And I find with the um, Hamons where it's softer, where your Hamon is, you always tend to take a little bit deeper. So I think handset, I get it off the disc and then I go up 320 on the disc at the moment, then I go to the 400. Ross Arnold diamonds, or, or even the, the stones, those sanding stones you guys sell, they do the same trick. Um, and I use those now diagonally just to get everything blended in on those convexes. And then 600 grit hand sand takes, on a nine inch blade, takes about 15 minutes after you've done that 400. The 400 takes a bit of work, but you, you get all your deep scratches out and all that sort of stuff. So <clears throat> yeah, I'm, now I've got one which I'm, so excited about but disappointed about. And then I've got another, I think there's another four knives there I'm slowly working on. Uh, I've sanded them now to 600 at least, 800 probably before I go for the etch. And then I've just got to cross fingers that I don't have a bazaar and see those bloody scratches again, or I'm just going to fucking kick myself. I'll have a whole brand new set of chef knives in the house. <laughs> that, will be, that will be W2 with fucking marks on With it. scratch marks in them. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Man, I'm fucking... Yeah, so, um, oh, that's good. Come on. Yeah. 
So I, I learned, I did some heat treating, but I was doing a full cycle anneal. So in this project I'm working on now, I have I, I did I didn't want to go to all the trouble of making it out of um, going to all the trouble of, of making it and not use something that's nice for the blade. And so I looked around the shop what I had lying around and most of the steels that I had are, are too good to go on to a prototype blade. Like I don't want to put a bit of Sean McIntyre Damascus on on a prototype knife that mightn't turn out any good. But what I found was a piece of Damascus that me and Adam from Tinderbox Knives made with Keith Flutter in 2012 or 2013 or something like that, oh, way, the, way back. The, the shit stuff. Yeah, 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 but it's it is shit because, and I'm not I'm not dissing Keith here because no, we went no, no, no. we went another fold. We had like 320 layers and we folded again and went to 640. So it's not it's not it's very very tight pattern, but it's it's good for it'll be good for what I want to use it for. So I um I got that steel, and um Adam's Adam's actually here. G'day Adam, how are you? And oh, he was yeah, there yeah. that day. So I got that steel and and, um, <laughs> and I, I started um, making the blade out of that. But the problem I ran into is it was sitting around 30 Rockwell, which I think would be, or I thought would be all right. But when I went to mill, it doesn't have any holes in it, in this design. Oh, it does. It actually has two drilled and tapped holes, but I haven't put them in yet. I went to mill this slot that has to go into it. The slot's um, eight millimetres long by three millimetres. So I put, chucked it up in the mill. And the first thing I just broke and broke and it started to cut pretty good, but then it, the mill broke and I thought, oh, no good. So I got another mill out and then I broke that. And then I thought, oh, fuck it. And I put my last one in and broke that. And then I thought, well, I better anneal it because obviously it's not right. So I chucked it in the oven, wrapped it up in foil and left it in over an eight hour cycle to um, 20 degrees an hour from 850 to 650 or whatever it was. Anyway, it worked out. It worked out a lot of hours and, got up in the next day and 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 it was it's now under 10 rockwell it's soft as buggery yeah well so i just put it back in the mill and machined it easy um yeah. with a different size mill because i didn't have a three in anyway, <laughs> well. what are you using for your end mills mate do you use high speed steel ones or whatever the yeah, cheap the chinese flash. ones are yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah same 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 yeah i buy them uh, it's funny because eBay had them for a while and you'd buy, I don't know, like 10 for next to nothing. And I'll just get them and I'll put up a pretty good stock and then they seem to disappear for a bit. So I don't know what went on there. But I, I'm like you, I just go, well, if I can get two guards or a little bit of machining done on something and, and it breaks after that, I don't care. I've got my money's worth. I'm, I'm considering getting some good <clears throat> ones, but my, like we're not, we're we're not using precision. My you've seen my mill is a piece of shit. It's not yeah. it's not a piece of shit. It's good for what I want it for, but mm. but it's not it's not a robust solid machine. It's got plenty of play in it, and there's issues. Um, and and that if the mill grabs, and even big end mills, if any of them grab, the machine's got a, enough movement in it that it'll it'll break a mill. So I just I just don't really want to take thirty or forty dollar end mills to it. So. No, I'm maxed out about six bucks. Count my losses. Yeah, that's it. That much. Wow, shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not like I I will spend money on thread taps because when a thread tap breaks oh, yeah, in yeah, a yeah. job, it's an yeah. unhappy day. Um, and 
it, particularly if you're using those one point M1.4s or whatever they are, the 172s are tiny, tiny thread tappers. I've just seen it shit. Yeah, well, there's, these, the 080 is smaller again, and the, and the one mil is even smaller. But I've got to say, I bought cheap Chinese taps because I just thought I'll try them out. And you know what I really like about them? They don't break. They bend. <laughs> but if you're tapping bronze, <laughs> right? But if you're tapping yeah. bronze and um, and you only want to do a few holes or, or copper or brass and you only want to do a few holes, they're great. And you're not going to yeah. break them off in the job. You can wheel them out all woggly and bend them back out again. They don't hold an wow. edge and they're not going to cut 100 holes. But they were six bucks each. Like, you know, what do you want? Yeah. I can't I got remember my the Sutton. name. There's, there's, a place, there's a place in the US, and this is, what, this is what I want to get back to the US for, is their abundance of shops to get cool shit from to pack the oh, suitcase yeah. in. But there was a place over there, I can't remember it now, the name of the joint, but um, when I was over with Bill and all those guys, we just set up a list. And there was like me and Bruce Barnett and whoever else, Tobal and all those other guys. And we just put it in this like fucking massive order to this joint. And a day later, it's fucking on Bill's doorstep and we're splitting up the fucking one by 72s. And I got a whole heap of bloody carbide reamers and all these other things from there. And they're the business end. Like they're, they were cheap because it's cheap over there. But yeah. if you bought it's it like here, McMaster's like, car, there's probably probably McMaster's car or something like that, like the equivalent of Blackwoods yeah, over there. Yeah. They got everything. And and so yeah. I, I I the thread taps that I, I've got from Sutton's are they anywhere up to 75 bucks each. 90 one of them is a 90 dollar thread tap for a, and you know if you break that, but the problem the best thing about it is they don't break either. That's a um um the Sutton ones that I've got are Fred forming taps. They don't even have flutes in them. So they're heaps stronger in that smaller size. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, they're for machine tapping, and I've got a machine now. So I thought, well. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Why not? Man, I'm so pleased with that machine. you got no idea, man. That was a, <laughs> I that was a major. I can't wait to come up and use it. <laughs> it's great. It is really fun. Um it, yeah, it, it took me so long to get that machine and to, to secure it and find it. Uh, and when I say find it, it took Maddie McVicker ages to yeah. find it. Because <laughs> if you want a machine, you just get Matt to find it because he, he just sets up his so – he's got he's always wheeling and dealing. Like your drill press, my drill press was from uh, – McVicker put me under that as well. And now he's working in a machining trade area. He's probably got even more contacts to that sort of stuff, more openings to that sort of stuff as well. He's yeah. put me onto a bunch of cool stuff. And this yeah. is Adam and I used to say this all the time. A knife maker is someone who restores tools to make tools to make knives with. And that's pretty much uh, the truth. <laughs> we used to spend we used to spend weekend after weekend, Adam and I, back in the late um like 2009, 2010, something like that, making um just making tools so we could make knives because you know you you couldn't really buy anything at that time, so it was like you wanted a you wanted a pair of tongs you had to make a pair of tongs and if you wanted whatever you had to go and make it except for grinders we bought radius masters the both of us but yeah yeah they were the days yeah that was good my radius my radius master still going strong I like it well I like mine too yeah no 
no no issues there. I, I mean, obviously we sell great grinders, and it's always it's always been the case for me that when it comes to the Radius Master, it's a wonderful design. But just for the same money, you can get so much more if you. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just never, just never a better never a better time to be a knife maker. I reckon no. in terms of what you've got available for you. Yeah, you know, budget up to supreme sort of gear. That's just, just especially can't get... in terms of what's in Australia and the Australian guys making the stuff. It's fucking unreal. Just we're 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 running about uh, twelve days behind on shipping at the moment. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, don't worry about that. Yeah. We've already everywhere's fucked though. I'm buying stuff all over the place on eBay, and that the only thing some stuff out of Melbourne gets here the next day, but stuff out of here <laughs> takes. Forever. Everyone's in the yeah, same. Yeah. Everyone's in the same thing. Same I've boat. shipped stuff to people. I've stopped sending Express because Express is just shit. Although, funny enough, I bought some stuff the other day and I went, "Ah, oh, it was free postage or pay another six bucks for Express." And I was like, "Well, I paid Express, and I think it's like six business days so far." And you're like, "Yeah, yeah. it is what it is. It'll get in. Yeah, no, it'll get in." Just know that that's getting priority over everything else, even though, so, because that's what they're doing. They're prioritizing the Express Post stuff. True. But that, that, that'll be fine. Yeah. So, Sausage Man's new power hammer looks sweet. Now, I think we should have a bit of a um, knife making down under competition to see what color he should paint it or keep it original. Ooh. I've been I've been in his ear, just quietly, been in his ear, <laughs> it, the original color. Is what? Just, just so you know, the original yeah. color was was navy gray, but I reckon he should go British racing green. If you're gonna go go big, I reckon black base with cherry red pearl paint over the top. But I've been watching a lot of Counts custom cars lately too. <laughs> <laughs> with some with some airbrushing, you can go airbrushing naked ladies and dragons Oof. on the point. <laughs> yeah, my my naked lady would be yeah. stick figure yeah. with it. Yeah. That'll be all of this. <laughs> oh man, that yeah. thing that thing is a beast. And it's funny because when you were talking before about um, you know Bunnings Picton, Jamie was also talking about you, you. You see his video that he had, and he's got the fucking gauge on it. It's about that big. It's old school. And he's Bunnings Tacoma. And he hit me up about something one time. I'm like, Bunnings Tacoma? And he's like, my workshop. <laughs> and I went, oh, yes, I so. <laughs> he's like Bunnings Tacoma that's been a Bunnings that's been shut down for about 15 years. But it's still got all the cool old shit in there. <laughs> um, Jay's saying he only expresses posts and everybody's getting it next day just as long as you're not going anywhere near sydney i think you'd probably be right you're shipping yeah. out of brisbane um even shipping into sydney is not as bad it's just inside <clears throat> sydney is a fucking disaster with the there was three at one time there was three freight companies down and and it, everyone was using everyone else and then they went down because it was too busy and it's just been a, can, just a total disaster we got we got a sendal package delivered at 10 o'clock at night those poor bastards are working like 20 hours a fucking day. We've got parcels coming on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. It's bizarre, well, isn't is, it? Yeah, this is like Saturday. I think it was a Saturday, Saturday night at 10 o'clock. The fucking doorbell goes. A dog went off his fucking head. 
course, I've jumped up going, fuck, what, who the fuck's here at 10 o'clock at night Saturday? Go and open the door and, oh, there's not a package there. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit, oh, okay. <laughs> it's somebody that stole it off your doorstep three days ago yeah. and then realised they didn't <laughs> know what the fuck it was. <laughs> British racing green with white racing stripes and then a Jaguar hood ornament. Yeah, that'd be right. Andrew Smith. The only problem if if he puts a fucking Jag hood ornament on it, the thing will never run again. So what's the what's the test of time colours? What did I say to you, Jamie? You got to paint it the same colour as the fucking flying Scotsman. I reckon that's the. What um, was the flying Scotsman? Come green. On. It's a train. Green. Flying, Google it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nah, you're a train person. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like 3801 green, which is not a good green, in my opinion. But um, it's a. It's like, I don't know. It's, it's very nice green. Yes. I think I think the other David's hijacked David Heron's um, Facebook again because he's put wire brush and white with caro. Here we go. I'll share my screen. I got I got flying Scotsman here. Wire white with caro. Well, that's that's fine. Wire, it's no, a wire brush and white with caro. <laughs> yeah, and and that's a good thing too because um, that would keep it that would keep it looking. Like it's always nice to have a machine that works really well, but looks like a piece of shit. If you know what I'm saying, like, yeah, yeah something like the rat rod, the rat rods with a primo engine and drive train, and the rest of it's rusty and looks like it's falling apart. Right, but yeah. there's also the preservist in me yeah. who wants to, <laughs> of course, <laughs> who wants to see it just fully schmick, gloss enamel. Um, there we go. So that's what I reckon there. Uh, so not that green, rather something like that, like this, like that one there. Yeah, that that green, not a good yeah, picture. Look, yeah, look, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, like well, that. Yeah, beautiful. A, that's a nice green. green. Yeah. Yeah. And you get a big fucking uh, pickle hood ornament on it. And um, Jamie reckons it's going to be Rusty Bunnings. No, uh, that's what he's saying. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Rusty Bunnings. <laughs> Express Post Platinum gets even higher priority, and it's a registered it's a registered Express, but it costs more. Yeah, whatever. Oh, I'm just bastard. I'm just waiting for stuff. It would be good to disguise it as a Kransky. Get one of those uh, cosplayers to make one of those foam costumes for it so it looks like a Kransky <laughs> that hammers. I, I, I'm owning that one. You're not allowed to use that. You, know, you have to pay me royalties if you do that. Yeah, right. Okay. Hey, Corin, I got some of that Greenstone Mally. Thanks for your help. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Greenstone Mally is beautiful. Yeah, I got some of that. Jez says, how fast? Jez. Jess, we're literally two weeks behind on packing because of the COVID case we had and all the fiasco that went with it. We've now still got people off. We're hiring. We've got four positions being filled at the moment, um, which will be filled uh, next week. Most of those will be all filled. Um, Jess, just if you need something urgently, we're there to help. Just ring us up and we'll get it moved to the top of the queue. But 
if you can wait, we do ask people to wait their turn because we are running, we are running behind. But we do try and make sure if we can get your order out, we will. All right. So I'm sorry, but I, I just had no control over that situation. So it is what it is. Yeah, that's what that's that's right. See my wall down. Go with the logo plates, everything next level. Jamie should uh, do the similar. I agree. Fuck yeah! Don't go half ass, Jamie. We'll fucking come up there and visit you when we're allowed and bash you. And Raymond Davies went with color shift. <laughs> yeah, the pinstriping's got to be done as well. A little bit of that. You know what? Like on the trucks when they they yeah. do the little um, scroll oh, work. Yeah. I think they call it all the yeah. scroll. You got to have little scrolls and shit on there as well. So Fuck don't you. let us down, Jamie. You've got to, you've got on, to do this. We're, now it's all on strip, you, mate. Now I want to go and strip the little 15 kilo power I've got and repaint it and get yeah. fucking little pinstripe detail on it. Yeah, no, it is it is it is uh, an interesting time anyway. But um yeah, no, good luck with that. I'm really pleased to see him get that hammer and just talking to him the other night, it sounds like he's got a lot of help out there from a lot of people that the that particular model of hammer is very close to a nasal. And um, there's some uh, guy called the Hammer Whisperer on Instagram has been, um, been giving him all the good the good oil, if you like, on how to get it going. So um, it's just good to see the community getting behind, getting a machine like that going again. And good on you, Jamie, for um, for doing it because, you know, without oh, yeah. people, without people, a, a big machine, a machine like that's a commitment. Any two-piece machine's a commitment. Like, as soon as you've got to put a foundation in, um, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. mine just sits on the slab and the slab's a bit bit cracked, but it's just good to see people putting in the time and effort. So, yeah, good on you, mate. Appreciate it. And not only that, thanks very much for helping me the other night. We're doing the tech talks on the Guild. That's the other thing I've been doing lately. So every Wednesday night we do a technical talk, which goes for about an hour, hour and a half on different subjects. And next week... Next week, straight razors. With, nice. with Stuart, Stuart from Boxer. Yeah. Yeah, good So shoot. I'm I'm really looking forward to that because that man makes a beautiful razor. So I haven't been doing it, I haven't been joining in live. I've been watching them afterwards. Um I've got yeah. actually, I I've missed Bruce's one. I'm fucking kicking myself. Haven't watched it yet, but about the folders, so I want to do that. And um, last night's one I haven't watched, but um, I've had um, uh, that was welding and stuff, wasn't it? With um, what's his face? My memory. Uh, welding with uh, Jake Summerall. Jake. So yep. Jake came up here one day, that, or even his wife came up to Canberra one day to do stuff, and he organised to come out just after I got my mig. Oh, I'd had it for a little while. I got gas on it, so he came out and. Um, Gave me enough, as he said, I've given you enough information now to make you fucking dangerous. But yeah. I can tell you, two hours, if you can get an hour or two with someone, by fuck knows what they're doing, that is absolute gold. And I reckon he's, I haven't listened to his talk yet, but his talk must have been fucking amazing. Like, he's a fucking was good. fella. It was good. And, and it's hard to know with people, like welding such a, there's so many things you could be doing wrong that, like you said, you couldn't cover it all, but at least people know that there's people out there they can talk to that actually have a clue or whatever. And, you know, I mean, there's so many people that are experts on welding on Facebook. Just put up a picture of your weld and see what happens. Like, <laughs> drive me. I, I hate well, it. <laughs> I finished I finished my cage because like, we're in lockdown still. <laughs> I 
And I just couldn't be fucked with dealing with shit. Um, but I ran out of gas <laughs> and I only had to do two small plates to weld my fucking locks on. <laughs> well, yeah. and, and there's like, <laughs> like crumpets that have gone wrong. That's what my welds look like. But it was funny because someone there. commented on the, the, the pre, the prelude to that talk was a picture of a really shitty weld. And I was like, yeah, it kind of looks better than my last. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I welded. Is good. In my on my crane, I welded on the the pieces that hold the traveling gantry bit, and there's only two welds 100 mil long on those. And I gotta say, like I've welded for 20 years, and but Jake says, "Oh, you've just got to practice." And I said, "But like I said to Jake, um, there's no good practicing doing it wrong for 20 years, you know? Yes. Like just because yeah, you've yeah, done yeah. something for 20 years doesn't mean you've been doing it right for 20 yeah. years." And 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 doesn't mean you know what you're doing either. So I've been figuring it out. But all the things I thought I knew, my son's now a professional welder, and he comes over and he goes, "All that stuff you taught me is wrong, Dad." I was like, "Well, <laughs> didn't know better." <laughs> at least I told you. Nobody told me. I didn't even have YouTube yeah. when I learned to weld, mate. Like there wasn't even YouTube. I I read a book and then splattered shit on a bit of steel and. Anyway, that's like whatever. that's like at one of the symposiums when Sean was doing a talk on machining, um, like guard slots and stuff. And you know, I always thought that my rickety little mill was shit, and he has the same one, so you can't blame the gear. And I just went over to Sean and said, "Oh, I just I was just doing it slow, thinking that I'd get it done better." And he goes, "No, no, you were just taking your time to get the same fucking shit result." <laughs> and I said the same thing. I said, yeah, but no one ever told me I was doing it wrong. Yeah, that's what yeah, it's about. That's, that's just what I was told and it was wrong and fucking just went for it. But when you get someone that knows what they're doing, gives you the time, even in these tech talks, gives you the time to get it right. Holy shit, man, that's just fucking awesome. But, yeah, Jake, Jake, when he came up, man, I, I think I welded together about fucking 200 scrap bits of steel the other thing, actually, when you talk to someone, if you're thinking about getting into welding, is definitely talk to someone like Jake or the other many other guys that we see that actually are pretty proficient with what they do to get the right bit of gear. Because I didn't know when I went and bought my MIG welder, I just went and bought a gas, gasless, MIG, TIG, fucking art, whatever, and it was a 185, and that's cranes. It was okay for just tag, like tacking together billets, but... Now that I actually confident and want to try and build things, it's at its limit when you're trying to weld two decent sized bits of steel together. Because as Jake was saying, it's all about the penne, mate, the penne, get the penetration. And well, what my, I... my... Go. Oh, no, you're right. No, what, and yours, go. I didn't... Well, yeah. I was just saying, yeah, mine, mine is at its limit when I want to start doing that, which is... In hindsight, a little bit frustrating because I didn't buy a cheap welder. I just bought an underpowered welder. So live and learn. Yeah. I just buy another yeah. one sometime down the trail. And, and so you got a one eighty. You got a one eighty mig, right? I yeah, one eighty or one eighty five. I was talked by Jimmy, um, who some people know, James yeah, Doherty. Yeah. Jimmy talked me into getting a one eighty stick, and I was like, oh, I should get a mig. He said, no, get the stick. I've always had stick welders since since yeah. my old Arlex stick welder, little red. Everyone remember those red boxes weighed about six hundred kilos. <laughs> I had, um, 
so I got this got this welder, and they're so small now. They're they're so these little DC inverter. Oh, welders. unreal! Yeah, they're unreal. And I you can weld ten mil plate with it. Anyway, I was really pleased when he said that was a the one of the best welders to get because I got it for starters, but also. The other good thing about it is when you've got a stick welder, you can change the sticks and weld pretty much anything. I can put a cast iron stick in there, weld cast iron. I can put a stainless steel stick in there, weld stainless. Yeah. I can put a normal stick in there, weld normally. Um, we've um, It's a bit expensive to do that with a MIG because in often cases you can't do that with a MIG. So, yeah. Yeah, I can change mine over apparently pretty quickly, but I've never bothered looking at the instructions to go back to stick. I had a decent little Arlec blue stick welder and I can't remember who I gave it to someone. It's like, no, nah, I don't need big now. I don't need that. Blocked it off and or gave it away, and now I sort of regret it because, like, stick sticks good for those jobs where you want shit to stick, and mig in my view, mig's good when you've got a lot of small wells to do, and you just want to be able to go. Z, 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 oh, it's z. a hot glue gun for steel. They're yeah, awesome yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah. Like my yeah. my cage that I just finished. Um, when I, was, when I still had gas and was welding on the fucking um, steel onto that, it was just like just unreal, just tacking everything up, no worries. And the other talk that he did was on um, fly press forging, which was a good one as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just different tooling, making sandmai and, and blades and stuff with um, uh, forging sandmai blades and integrals with a fly press, which was pretty cool too, and all the tooling that he uses. Yeah. So, so that was pretty good. I enjoyed that one. So I don't know, maybe the Guild will make all the talks public one day, I don't know, but they're available still on the Guild's members' site, so until they're not. Yeah. Yep. And awesome. what else, man? So that was pretty good. Um, yeah. Other, other than that, I've been learning how to spray paint because my wife wanted furniture painted. That's pretty much it. So I've still got paint on my hands, and I'm going <laughs> to have a walk when I do some more. That's my, okay. my hands are the cleanest they've been in about five years. And I hate it. <laughs> I'm looking at it going, why are my nails white? Is it, what's wrong with my nails? I must be sick. I've got white nails. <laughs> so, Ugh. no. No. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty much pretty much it, mate. I think the tip that you gave earlier about if you're, if you're not in the mood to go into the shop, I think going out there and tinkering, just even if you're just cleaning benches, putting stuff away, yeah, I'll I'll put a podcast on, and I just um, like I just just do stupid fucking shit in my head to to keep me busy. But I'll just like think, oh, I'll, I'll count twenty things, put twenty things away, so or make twenty things better or something like that. And I'll just go around and and do that. And then by the time I never <laughs> ever get to twenty, you get to ten, and you found something you want to do, and fucking you're off. So yeah, well, like I've been like that. Like I said, going up to the workshop, just going, oh, you know, feeling pretty knackered. I won't. I won't play it too much, but then, yeah, chuck some music on or whatever and start cleaning, and then next thing you know, I'll go, ah, oh, fuck, I'll get that hands, I'll get that diamond stone out and start, just just diamond stone the blades, you know, three hours later, Ray's yeah. calling me in for dinner and I've actually done some work and I feel feel good. But the other thing is, if you don't, don't want to be there, don't be there. Uh, the funny thing is I've got a, I now have a blanket band for going into my workshop on Father's Day because three years in a row, I fucking injured myself where I needed to go to hospital on Father's Day. Rose, <laughs> like, that was, that was one of those ones where I just went up and went, I'm just going to go on vacuum. And she's like, don't you turn anything on. Can I turn the vacuum cleaner on? Oh, yeah, all right. 
Yeah, uh, the, the, yeah. No, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just, I've just been tinkering and I've loved it. I like I said, everywhere I look in the shop, I've made these the drill press plates, tech, fixture plates, and all that. I spoke about yeah. that before. I've now got the air there, so I can blow all the swarf out of those plates. I've got a new nozzle, so I could reach in there and blow all the swarf out, spread it all over the shop. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, oh, it's just good. It's just good. It's just good. I don't really have much else to talk about, really. So ask some questions, no, guys. Tell us what you've done. I'm a bit light on and stuff that I've done. So, yeah, hit us up with some questions or tell us what you've been doing. Um, when yeah. we go back, Jez, I'm going to regress a little bit, but I saw something where, yeah, Jez, Jez wrote when we talk about TV. Rurouni yeah. Kenshin is, uh, is on Netflix. And it's this savage fucking samurai fucking thing. And you've got to watch at least the first sort of 20 minutes of that movie if you want to watch Bloodbath going on. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I started watching it, then it stopped, and then I went, no, nah, I've got to go back and watch that, but I'll start it again. Um, yeah, pretty cool. Um, who else do you have? So hit us up, fellas, if you want to talk about anything or we'll call it an early night. I don't mind either way. No. No, How'd you go with your sword? You done anything on that? No, nah, because I need the heat treater, which I've got a tank big enough to heat treat it, but then tempering is the issue. And I don't want to do a torch temper. Or am I being silly and should I just do a torch temper? Um... No, no. Well, you are being silly, right? Because they were making swords and tempering before they had gas forges or True. electric furnaces. <laughs> so you are True. being silly. But but there's also the half-assed approach of I am going to all the trouble of making a sword. I don't want it to suck. Correct. And that's... <laughs> Being the first one, <laughs> particularly, particularly out of W2, and I'm hoping to get a really good Hamon on it as well, um, hmm. then I don't want it to just to be a fucking wall hanger. Um, you know. But yeah, no, I haven't uh, really... I haven't, I, I've, I've done this silly thing of I've put it up opposite where I sit and work all the time. It's up on a shelf where you normally put those yellow tubs on your wall in those brackets. Yep. And every time I'm looking up at it, going, "Fuck, I've just I've got to do something with it." But I know as soon as I heat treat it, that's when I'm getting into that situation. So I was potentially going to wait till Mert was feeling better and just flick it up to him because he's obviously done his heat treatment on a couple of swords and tempered them um, with his setup. Or the other side is I just jimmy up something that he's done, like build a, an extension to my kiln because the um old school paragon i've got is it, it's probably only needs another three or four inches of length on it for that particular sword because it's not a massive sword so just like close. your missus yeah yeah that's it well we talked about that before um <laughs> they were saying you know hate it when you're when you're out with max and you still haven't got enough peno <laughs> i'm assuming he was talking about welding <laughs> Heat treated uh, 16 blades with no major heartache. Okay, Christ, there you go. Good on you, buddy. Nice. Um, 
Any tips on cleaning blades before etching? I've tried acetate and degreaser, and it still seems to have an issue with a little oil. Um, I I use um, hot soapy water actually now. Yeah, and that's pretty much what I'm doing. I do jiff. I use jiff and a sponge. Yep. And jiff it, and then chuck it in clean water. Uh, rinse it in water, dry it straight in, and, and it, straight. And Get into the um, the other thing. I, I don't have GIF. I just use um, direct yeah. uh, dishwashing liquid and put dishwashing liquid all over it and then just rub it in with my fingers and then and then wash it like that and that works really well. But I'm working on a I'm working on another little bolt by idea that I've got which might answer <laughs> this one as well. Don't worry about that. Okay, Brad Dodd. Next knife show in Oz. Where and how and who knows? Well, what's the what's the good word on Adelaide? Good word on Adelaide. Is it postponed? Um, Do we know? Well, I think officially from the KAA, KAA Adelaide Knife Show is now done, postponed till next yep. year. I believe um, that yep. Peter Bald and Ryan Doodle are looking at doing a smaller event for the Adelaide makers and the Adelaide public. Yeah. So if you're in Adelaide, uh, it could be that the show progresses. It'll be a smaller show, locals only, obviously, with all the restrictions. If that happens, though, and you're in South Australia, please go and support it. If, if, you're, yeah. at, if you're a few hours away and you want something to do, go for a drive, get there and support it because, uh, you know, the smallest of events at the moment – I think anyone would want to go to. So, um, yeah. yeah. But the Knife Art Association, and we get we get questioned about this sort of stuff a bit, and and so people get a bearing on the president and Corin, you're the um, treasurer or so. You know, I'm the treasurer. Yeah. Yep. For the Knife Art Association, with the shows that we run, they are not small fry. They're not cheap. <laughs> so we can't. We just can't afford to run that risk of not having a viable show. We've run a lot of shows with small loss, which is okay because you know we, we recoup yeah. across the but when you're losing at, 30 or 40 grand, at, yeah, when you yeah. when you're dropping 40 grand on a show, um, obviously the being a not-for-profit entity and the hard times we've had, uh, it just makes it unviable. So yeah, um, we just we've got to take it. We've got to mitigate our losses and our risks. Yeah. So it just is playing the is. safe play playing the safe game at the moment. But I can guarantee you that. Um, like we've said probably a few times, we have said, not even probably, we have said a few times along these ways. The first knife show, particularly like the larger style knife shows that goes ahead, by fuck, that's going to be a big event. <laughs> oh, if I sell a few knives, I'm going to have to chip in a few bucks to the tab for the Who's bar. Watching this in... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's Michigan watching this in Michigan? Who's that? You come up as Facebook user. Fellas, wow, yeah, that's click on it. That's a long way from home. All right, yeah. so let's go back and smash through these. Adam Coombe, someone down there in the comments has said that it could be oil on your ferric. So you're cleaning it really well, but you've got some contamination on your ferric. Maybe. Try it. Yes. Next knife tip show. That, I was tip, talking tip about that. that. Is just, getting, just get a bunch of paper towel, fold it up so you've got like one face, not fold it, don't scrunch it, and rest it on, drop it, rest it on, drop it. Because 
I refilled my lazy, lazy method. Here you go. Lazy method when I was doing my W2 stuff. I just boiled the jug and filled, topped it up. Yeah. And there was a shitload of contaminants on the on the surface. Like the first yeah. etch I did came out and it looked like it was it was junk. So I was oh, oh here we go again. Too long between drinks, that sort of stuff. So yeah. I had to basically swab out the shit. And I had half a bucket full of paper towel and ferric. Um, keep it clean. Keep yep. it mean. Yeah. <laughs> Give it a go. It could be that. Um, quick to connect couplings on gas. All right. Um, I, I, they're really good um, if you get good ones. If you get cheap ones, they can be a real pain. And particularly at the pressures that we run it, normally on a barbecue or little appliances like that, quick connects aren't an issue at all because um, – uh, you're running at 2.75 kPa and, and it's like it's trying to stop a fart. It's pretty easy to do. But when we're running at higher pressures, like 350, 400 kPa, you want a decent one. I sell a few different ones and can tell you about those options. But if you want my recommendation on what I would use and what I do use, they are Tima brand couplings, Tima. Um, the Tima couplings are used in the hydraulic industry as well. And the best thing about them is that they cut off on both sides. So when you disconnect them, you don't get a gas leak coming out, of, a gas pouring out of one end, which at high pressure can be considerable. They just break and, and make. And they're also lockable, so you can um, – they've got a little locking ring that allows you to uh, to stop them coming apart and stop the kids playing with them. So the Tima, Tima brand is the ones, but they're not cheap. It's like anything, though. You get what you pay for. Um, how many quenches should I get with canola before you should change it out? 1084. I don't think I ever changed my canola because I didn't have anywhere to put it. <laughs> I just kept topping it up. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I don't, I don't, but then I, like most people who heat treating canola, I was never, um, I was never measuring my hardness. Uh, so I don't really know what I was getting. Oh, well, that's not true, Adam. And I did do a lot. We did a hell of a lot of blade testing. We used to snap shit and, and yes. yeah, that's not true. But but the the um, canola, I, I would, if it looks like canola oil, then I would say it's probably all right. If it looks like sump oil, then it's probably time for new oil. Tip it out, start again. Canola, yeah. If you're going to use canola, fair to me is just cheap. Cheap, cheapest chips. So just don't yeah. don't scrimp on it. Use it for I'm a while. Doing, if I'm doing out, my tip it out. I'm doing my 1084NK now. And yeah, it's you guys were talking about that. Significantly uh, better. It's significantly right. better. Okay. So maybe like that's three we three points of Rockwell hardness on average, two to three higher. And you're not getting you, anything breaking, but I mean you're probably talking about no, that. No. No, no, because I made stuff uh, with I did a yeah, bunch yeah, of yeah. test swatches and stuff with my son and um, yes, that's right. people's knives and stuff that have come here and make knives with me that aren't my knives, those ones. Yeah. Um, so you reckon cake right. went on them? I'm going to try yeah. that out because... Um, You've got some there. Just stones. do it. Yeah, I've got, I got, I got plenty of stuff mm. there. So. Um, uh, oil on the ferric. That's um, from That was from yeah. Mark Burnett. So thanks for that, Mark. Uh, just uh, let me find out where it was. Anthony's going to drive seven, seven days. Yeah. The so problem is... Delta variant gets down there, then Adelaide's going to shut down for a minimum until they until they get our vaccinations up and shit. It's just the way it is. Like we're living it and, up here. And another reason, sorry, going back to the KAA's explanation. Another reason why we called it now is because 
Adelaide government were prepared to give us the go ahead until only a month out. And we just couldn't risk waiting that long to then find out all the money that we had on held up in advertising and everything else <clears throat> would be particularly probably non-refundable at that point. So yeah, it's out of our hands and, and hey, it sound like Groundhog Day, 21 odd months of this. Ugh, I want a knife show. So, I'll go to a knife show. I won't even, I'll pay for a table. I won't take it. Mm, I'll just just to go and talk, talk to people. people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. Raymond Davies, hey, when doing a Japanese Deva, what is the best way to get the steel square against the timber handle? Now, I've read this comment a couple of times, and I, I've never made a Deva. That's the first thing. Um, yeah. But I've made lots of lots of hidden tang knives, and I also obviously the barrel knives go in square as well. So I'm not too sure when you say the steel, you're talking about the blade square to the handle. Um, I, I don't even understand how you could fuck that up. Um, what it's, am I missing? Yeah, are you talking about like the blade not being skewed when you put it in, or are you talking about the actual shoulder connection? Because if it's the shoulders, file guide. Yes. If it's if it's the orientation of the blade, if it's a little bit left or right, that's just how you dig out your bloody get, get, get a good drill press. Get a good drill and, press. Yeah, and, and that's start with square. <clears throat> start square with timber. square timber. <laughs> that's that piece of the um, fly, fly bit for the mills if you've got a mill. But yeah. otherwise, otherwise, on your grinder, try and get them as square as you can. Get it absolutely square, it, and yeah. and the start of any of getting stuff square in a knife always starts with square square material. So get your get your a, handle I, square. Yeah, I was watching a show where they made they were making a cabin in the middle of fucking nowhere, and the guy that was there was saying, "Mate, if it's if it's a, a quarter inch out at the bottom, for being square, is going to be an inch out at the top when you're going to put your roof on." And that's sort of the same philosophy. I thought about the knife making. It's like yeah, if you're not square to begin with, <laughs> you're fighting shit your way up all, all of, the time. So. All of <clears> my – really the biggest learning in my knife making is is starting with square, and that's something that I was always too lazy to do, I guess, because squaring a block, there's no point. You're going to make it round. Why make it square <laughs> first? But you can't actually measure or draw or mark out or do anything unless the block is square, and I've learnt that. I've learned that the hard way. So if that helps somebody, I, I didn't just learn it the hard way. I think Sean McIntyre said it to me every every time I ever asked him anything. Yeah. My, yeah, same as you. Yeah, right. Start with it square. And by the time you get a, a height gauge and everything, guard everything, start with it square, um, and then work from it, mark everything out from there. Use reference surfaces even. If you can't get it perfectly square, always measure from one face. I don't know if we're yes. answering the question, but anyway, that's okay. That That's actually, you know, when you're thinking of buying timbers and stuff as well, there's there's a reason why, you know, when you're buying a stabilised piece of timber or a nice piece of unstabilised timber from someone, if it's been machined and prepared well and it's square, it's worth the extra 10 bucks that you pay for it. <clears throat> Rocco, Rocco Handmade, Michigan. Good to hey, Rocco, are you on Instagram? Yeah, Instagram. Let's get you a shout. Give, give him a shout out. I don't know where my phone is, but fucking. I've got mine right here. Look him up. Know. I'll look him up. Oh, on, yeah. I'll look yeah, him up no. on the computer. Surprisingly enough, now. surprisingly enough, is Rocco handmade all one oh, word. Whoever would have <clears> thought it. 
just oh, bear yeah, with I like me. Oh, yeah, I like stuff too. No, like shows obviously. Other than we look at Rocco's work. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it now. Just a minute. I'm going to put it up as a shared <coughs> screen while Skagel, everyone sits there and A lot of Skagel style hunters by look at it, which are fucking cool. Uh, I love those guys. There we go. Just let me get that up. Uh, share screen. Well, they got some nice chef knives. Add to stream. Boom. There you go. Rocco handmade. Let's have a look what he does, eh? Well, hey, that's not Rock shit. <clears throat> Rocco, Kev's Forge has just followed you, mate. <laughs> Yeah. Got no, some really nice stuff there. What's that? Is that a leather? Are they leather spaces there? G10, what do we got? Uh, <clears throat> a lot of the Skagel-style stuff is leather. Could, they could look be like fibre. Okay, so, yeah, it could be leather or fibre or um, um, micarta or something like that. Oh, G10. G10-y sort of stuff. They're cool oh, looking, they're nice. Though. Yeah, they yeah. are nice. That's a traditional. That's a real traditional Skagel yep. style knife. That's nice. And for anyone that's having a quick look, um, hey, that looks like that hawk you made. Remember the one you made out of the out of the oh yeah, the, the thar the, the thar will be getting here. I've still got that. <laughs> let me go. Actually, let me go and grab it. <laughs> nice, nice to know what those like what those spaces are, Rocco. They're very nice the way you're doing that. That helps. Good, good work. File guide for your shoulders. Yes. Um. There we go. We're waiting for for Kev to come back, and we're just scro scrolling through Rocco's handmade Instagram. Go and follow him. Give him a shout out from Michigan. Up there with uh, probably Kevin Cashin. You know, Kevin, he's a mate of mine. Ha, see name dropping. See how I did that. Bit of uh, Damascus G10. Yeah, nice. So there you go. All right. Well, yeah, another, another person to follow on Instagram. Love it. Yeah, I'm going to do it now. There you go. Uh, follow <clears> back. <throat> oh, he's following us. Oh, look at that. He's following me. Look at that. <laughs> hey, there you go. Have to make a barrel knife, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just ignore that. Yeah. Skagel barrel knife. Fuck a Skagel yeah. barrel knife. That'd be cool. Yeah. I got to talk to you about that. Yeah. I've, I've just flashed an idea in my mind about that one. Uh, but this is a few years ago, we had a competition. One. We had a competition for the camera knife show, and it was making a knife out of the beginner kit, the Corrin cells. And so what I decided I was going to do was not make a knife, but I was going to make a, a mini axe. And what I did was forge welded, um, sandwiched the uh, three pieces of steel there, did some firework on the back, and it's, it's I guess, an integral to a degree. <clears throat> and that's my little – I use this for chicken wings when I'm chopping up chicken wings. Ah, nice. Cool, Buffalo wings. Yes. Buffalo wings, yeah. Yeah. So that was out of one of the little kits. That was a good fun challenge to make and sort of stretch the boundaries a little bit, I guess, but uh, mainly because I started doing it and then just was like, fuck, what am I doing? <laughs> I've got no idea what I'm making. <laughs> but it, it's it's cool. It's cool little axe. I love it. It's a little chicken wing killer. <clears throat> awesome. 
Very good. All right. So, uh, uh, yep, we're good. So, using fiber G10, okay, here we go. He's, he's there using fiber oh, right. G10, aluminium, brass, copper, micarta for spaces, horsehide for my leather, and the handle stacks. Thanks for the shout out. No worries, Philip, mate. No worries. Good to see you on this yeah, time of day. For, probably, thanks for signing in, man. Yeah, saying hello. All right, guys, I'm I'm done. I reckon. What do you reckon, Kev? Yeah, I'm done. Sounds good, in guys. Good, good turn back. Thanks, everyone. Uh, stay safe, stay sane. Yeah, stay sane. That's the that's the main thing. Stay sane. Talk Same. talk to your mates. I've been catching up. I actually want to just I'm not gonna name anyone in particular, but I just want to give a shout out to a whole lot of you guys that contacted me just to check up, make sure I was okay. because uh, I, I wasn't hundred percent there for a little while and that sort of stuff just really really makes the headspace good. Um, you know, keep keep in touch with your mates, particularly when, you know, we can't go and visit in person, just ring people up. And I know I, I, I ignore I ignore not that I ignore calls, I I just sometimes don't have the phone near me. Sometimes you I fucking don't. do. You fucking sometimes do. I just don't want to talk. You <laughs> ignore like, my call, calls. <laughs> I called you I back. Know. You did today. <laughs> That's the first like, time yeah, that's ever and happened. Like, and I liked your voicemail. <laughs> what did I say? That's something like, oh, it's Corin. I'm here, but I'm not here. So leave a message or something like that. <laughs> well, I just thought, my you'll never listen and you'll never call me back. So what does it matter? Yeah, that's it. Anyway, yeah, I've got my little mate here again today. Oh, good on him. How is he? He likes you, doesn't he? Look yeah, he's a good boy. I realised he was sitting outside the the door here uh, the whole time we were doing the podcast so <laughs> i just let him in well my um my dog when he goes to work with me he sits at everybody else's chairs he just sits <laughs> there like he's doing i'm like yeah, why don't you like me anymore because everybody it. else got schmackos in their pockets that's it he's like that's like him at the dog park yeah right yeah, <laughs> a, a fair weather friend that's what he is yeah all right so thanks everyone oh andrew um Andrew Smith, did we draw? Did we draw the um, previous awesome dual grinder Gamico voucher um, raffle? Yeah, Thing. because he's just saying, and we'll, we'll encourage you to go and check out the next Knife Art Association raffle. Keith Keep Stewart, the raffle supported. Yeah, yeah. So Keith Stewart, Keith Flutter, <laughs> Brett Selly, and Ian Stewart are the makers on the. On the one there, yeah, good work. So, uh, I didn't get a phone call to say that I'd won the other one, so I'm assuming I didn't. No, no, yeah, I didn't bastards. even buy a ticket, which but I probably get enough free shit, so I'll shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I do all right. I, I shouldn't say I don't, I shouldn't say I don't need any more machinery, but you know, no. I've got. A reasonable amount of machinery. I, I have a rule in my <laughs> shop at this point. It's machine in, machine out. Something comes right. in, something's got to go. Yeah, well, let me know when you get something new in. What are you getting rid of? <laughs> yeah, well, the last one was a multi-tool and it went to a beginner. So, yeah. Yeah. Drawn and gone. The raffle's gone and one. There you go. Yeah. Keep supporting the Knife um, Art Association through the raffles too, people, because I... A, it keeps the industry uh, going when we do get those shows going. B, um, Andrew Smith is a dead set legend of a fella and it keeps him employed, uh, which we want to, we don't want to change. 
Um, so, and it keeps the um, interest going in um, knife making in, in general in Australia and around the world. So, so just unfortunately, if you're in Western Australia, contact someone in the Eastern States for an address when you want to buy tickets. <laughs> yeah. I don't, didn't we fix that? I think no. we might have fixed that. I don't know. Do I'm you? not going to get involved. I've got nah. the light. We're going. Bye. All right. Okay. Right. <laughs> Ciao. Thanks. Thanks for Bye. 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 B